listening to ComedySlamRadio.com. From our studios to the world, we bring you the finest in quality entertainment. So pop some popcorn, grab a smooch buddy, and settle in for another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com where we bring you national touring and celebrity comedian interviews. Follow us on Twitter at Let's Be Frank Show. And if you miss our live broadcast, you can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's Podcast. And please contact us with any questions or information about advertising and sponsoring at Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank at Yahoo.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Be Frank Show on ComedySlamRadio.com. We've got another great show for you tonight. We have Doug Caney. I'm sorry, Canny in the studio. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, it's funny. You just told me how to say your name two seconds ago. I said it right, and then I fucked it up in the intro. How about that it's fucking crap? Yeah, that's awesome. You weren't really listening. You were asking me questions, but you were you were multitasking, so you get a pass for it. <laughs> I get a pass. Why, why is Doug Canny so hard to say? And you said this happens to you all the time. It, it does. Uh, I was actually uh, introduced in Richlands, Washington, as Dave Collins once. <laughs> That's I, not I, even close. I know, I know. And the worst part about it was when I came out, I actually said, I said, you know, Dave couldn't be here tonight. I'm Doug Candy. I'm taking his place. And actually, people actually thought that was real. When I got done, people were asking me, who's Dave Collins? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously a funnier comedian than me. So, Doug, tell us a little bit. You just recently moved to Florida. And it's because you do a lot of shows down here. You spend a lot of your year in Florida touring around. I do. I, I was. Uh, I'm from Newburn, North Carolina. Actually, I was born in Tennessee, but raised in North Carolina. Which you know what that makes me right, illegitimate. But um, <laughs> I, I, my hometown is Newburn, North Carolina, and I spend half the year down here with one of my booking agents. Books like twenty clubs down here, and I just hooked up with Jackie Knight's comedy uh, circuit, and also. Uh, with some people from coconuts and hopefully bonkers and stuff. So I spend a lot of time down here anyway. It just seemed demographically the smart thing to do. Cool. What are some of the other cities that you've been in? Um, I travel nationally. I've uh, done all the way to California and Washington, and I've done all the way up to Connecticut and, of course, Florida and through Texas. I leave in two weeks, three weeks to go to um, New Orleans. I'm in New Orleans for a week. I'm actually headlining – Lanuit Theater. Uh, Robin Williams was there two weeks ago headlining. Nice. And um, those are going to be some big shoes to fill. I will know if I could do one eighth of what he does, I would be happy for the rest <laughs> of my life. He's he's like the Eddie Van Halen of comedy to me. There you go. I mean, he's, uh... So now you've you've been around. You've been doing comedy what over ten years now? 10 no, uh, actually no. Because um, I, I was... thought you said you started doing comedy mixture with your rock and roll. That that's day. true. I I didn't start touring nationally until about four years ago. But um, I traveled with a band since '81. I played professionally until 2008, and I just one day I woke up and knew that music wasn't going to pay the bills. And I'd been doing this since the '80s. I mean, accidentally I got up on stage in Pennsylvania to do some stand-up, and I loved it. And then I worked up what I call my Magic Twelve, which right. was you know whenever we'd blow a breaker or a par 56 or par 64 would fall, the drum riser would screw up, you know. I'd get up there and do stand-up while they fixed it. And it was really a staple of just about every band I was in. I mean, they'd all be like, Doug, go, go, go talk, Doug. Go, go. You know? And <laughs> go so, do something. Yeah. Go do something, Doug. And it really made a big difference, man. It really did. And so I started doing it more in the 90s and 
And just, you know, around 2008, I, I called a buddy of mine. I didn't start open mics or anything. I called a buddy and said, put me on tour. And he, I was gone like a week later. All right. So you had your famous 12. Now you're on tour. Now, 12 minutes, obviously, traditionally isn't really enough to get out there and tour around. So how, how long did it take you to really build up that extra 15, 20 minutes that so I you had, could have a good presence on stage? That's, that's a good question. Because you're right, because you, when you first start out, you do four or five minutes, whatever. When I went out on tour the first time, I had a, a solid 45 minutes, but I was only doing 20. Um, and when I first started opening and trying to get in front of Heffron and Funny Business and all those big bookers, I was only getting 10 minutes. Wow. Um, and it was harder for me to do the 10, 8, and 10-minute things because the clock is so important when you're first starting out. You never, never, never go over your time when you're first starting out because that just shows a lack of respect. Right. You know, so, um, but yeah, I do. Now I do 45 or an hour, you know, whenever you headline you do. And, but it didn't take long at all. Um, it, I've been so lucky, man. I just, I'm such, I'm so unstable mentally. <laughs> you know, it's just so easy to come up with dumb stuff. You know, it is, but you got to be like, is comedy your main source of income? You don't work full time. Aside from that, you're just full time comedy. Full time comedian. I've been a full time comedian since 2008. I actually do acoustic. I, you know, I went to music school for four years and, Traveled and taught guitar for 20 years. So I do some acoustic stuff now. I just got hired by a place called Kick and Wing. And there's also a couple other places that are that are going to hire me. And I just go in and play three or four hours of stuff like Zeppelin and Elton John and Incubus and, and you know, stuff like that, um, just acoustically. So that's supplementing my income. But I make all my money off of doing stand-up and, and TV. I do TV, too. Tell us about some of the TV, because you've been on some pretty popular shows. Yeah, uh, uh, my first show I was on was One Tree Hill. It was just an extra, a non-scripted extra. Got real lucky with that. Um, and then I was on Eastbound and Down, and I got some really good camera time with that. Um, and now I just got a, a big time, well, not big time, but I got a real agent, Ann Green and Talent One. They handle all the big, huge casting in North Carolina. They're the biggest ca casting company in North Carolina. Um, they did all the Hunger Games. Um, you know, they're... They're big. They're Hollywood. It took me three years for the get them to return my call, and I uh, finally went in and did a cold read July third, and they had six actors come in from all over the country, and they picked one, me. Cool. So, signed me to a two year contract, so they're the ones who got me the uh, you know the adrenaline picture, and that comes out in February. So hopefully, hopefully things will pick up, man. Get some more credits behind me. Sounds good. So comedy wise, now. I know you said you're, you're full-time, four years, and you got 40, 45 minutes. Myself, I'm about two years in in total, and I probably have 10, 15 on a good night with a crowd that really lets me you know, interact and pick on them a little bit and have some fun. Changes your pace, yeah. When the crowd's involved, it slows your pace down, gives you a lot more yeah, time. Yeah, because I'm still on the point where I'm on the timer. You know, If they're giving you five minutes, seven minutes for a guest spot, and luckily – you know, you could set to seven minutes on your cell phone these days, and when you feel the vibration, you know, you got about 30 seconds to wrap it up because you're right. They do not like, no. you know, if you go over, it's like you might as well just slap the owner's mama, you know, because it's bad news. I you went can't over, go over. I just went over at the improv uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I did the pro am. They called me in and they said, hey, you know, we got some guys from Comedy Central and stuff like that. I want you to be involved. And I said, okay. So, I went up there and I had five minutes, dude, and I got the freaking music at five twenty. I didn't even know it, and I, and I never go over from the I, from the band days. I'm really good with my time, right? I mean, I'm really usually really on with it. And man, my they were laughing at everything, and 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 my pace slowed down so much that you know the six little seven little quick bits I was gonna do turned into like three and a half with a little bit of 
crowd participation. And right when I got to the gay Yeti thing, it just boom, they, they, you know, and I was like, so there's a gay Yeti. So I was like, Oh Jesus. You know, it was like the first time I went over in like long time, you know, but they were nice to me. They were real nice. It was a real great crowd. And, and the people at the improv are real nice. I mean, you can't get in there. Improv's a tough place to. Get. I, I have only done open mics at the improv and gone and see some shows. You really got to be dedicated. Uh, you know, for me, the improv's like a 40 minute ride. So for me to go over there every Wednesday night when, for their open mics when I'm up at six o'clock in the morning for work a lot of times sure. it's a rough one i totally understand it mm. so what clubs do you got coming up i know you just did the zone here last week or earlier yeah week. i just did that and i was in uh, lakeland two nights ago at a place called winter circle that was awesome i am uh i am in palatka uh wednesday night uh headlining their night at the beefo brady's i feel a little weird saying that but uh it's one of jackie knight's comedy rooms uh, she has rooms all over Florida. I'm very, very fortunate to get in front of her. A very funny feature, Lee Willis. Um, Lee Willis, a nice guy. I've... Very nice guy. I met him in North Carolina. He's a very funny, very quirky comedian. You get a chance to look him up on Facebook. And he looks him. like Stewie. From... He looks like... Stewie Griffin. Yeah, he does. He's... I told him it to his face. I don't care. He looks like Stewie Griffin. It is, man. You he know, does. Listen, I'm I, not really into the show, but yeah, he does. Uh, I look, I look like, fuck it. If I shave my beard, I look like Humpty Dumpty. Or if you had antlers, you'd look like a buffalo. There you go. So, I mean, uh, I, I've also, can I say that? Is it too soon in our relationship friendship that I can say you look like a buffalo with horns? Absolutely not. Here, here's one of the things about let's be frank. I will speak what's on my mind. <laughs> I don't really, most of the time, I don't care what people's opinions are. And if I'm willing to bust your balls, and you're not willing to bust my balls, that's fucked up. That's what I'm saying. I shouldn't be able to give you shit if I'm not willing to take shit. I think that's a very, very good philosophy because there's a lot of people who like to joke around with you and stuff, and you say one little thing to them, and they get the ass eyes. You know, oh, they, yeah. They get the stink up. eye with you because you said something. And I'm going to tell you what, where I grew up, if you couldn't give it as good as you got it and you couldn't take it, you were in trouble. Well, so. we had that just the other day, a matter of fact. You were up there. We, we were at this... Uh, we did. People's Choice Awards. <laughs> we did. Where I was the winner of the Comedy Slam Radio number one show, and you are now on the number one show on That's Comedy fantastic. Slam Radio. How's that feel? Honestly, all jokes aside, before we even go into this, I am very stoked to be here. There's been some very famous people on this show. I've been on a few shows here, and everybody talked about this show. Everybody said, oh, man, you got to be on Dave. So I was like, Dave who? And then I looked you up, <laughs> and there's a lot of, a lot behind this show, and I'm very, very proud. Thank you very much for having me. You're very this is a welcome. great show. Thank you. Now, at the at the People's Choice Awards, before we get into the craziness, you did something that was very good because part of the People's Choice Awards, we did the uh, is it music and the arts, or? foster the arts, yeah. foster the arts, and I apologize for saying it wrong, but one person there, uh, she won a guitar, and you donated uh, either twenty or as many personal personalized lessons as she needed. Free lessons for whenever, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm on the road, uh, but whenever I come home, I'll give her a lesson once a week. Um, I did not meet the girl yet because there's laws for this. You know, you have to be real um, yeah, She wasn't even able to be at the she event. She wasn't even, yeah, or be able to be filmed or anything, which I think is very smart. That's a very smart thing. And and this thing was, the Foster the Arts program is very well handled and governed. Um, they they checked me out. I'm a foster kid, too, and they're, they're real nice people. And, and I, I was, you know, I don't mean to be all gushy or nothing but i was very 
very moved that they would even uh, want me involved in it. And I was very happy to donate some lessons, you know, to, to, to someone. It was great. Sure, man. It's a great cause. Now let's get to the fat man in the jacket. (laughs) All all, all I've been hearing all week is Dave, like gave you the cold shoulder or something. What's going on here? Let me start the story. Laid out, laid out. I get there and off right off the bat, everybody's dressed impeccably. It's beautiful, man. There's like people in tuxedos and stuff. And nobody, nobody ever told, nobody ever briefed me on this. So I got like a, Long sleeve gray dress shirt on. I I look like I work in a trailer park maintenance department. <laughs> so I go in and I, you know, I'm just clean shaven and everything. But I just, you know, I, my hair is all. I look like the singer from Black Sabbath got the shit beat out of him. I mean, I just did not look good. So I'm in there and everybody's on the red carpet. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm trying to not get my picture taken. And I move out of the way. The owners come up to me. They take a few pictures. We donate the guitar. We do all that. I try. I did a little bit of off the cuff stand up up there and. Just joked around, which went over terribly. And um, so I'm standing there, and you walk in, and I had met you before. I'm, standing, I'm talking to this other girl and somebody else, and we're all kind of hanging out. And you walk in, and I can tell you're preoccupied, right? And I'm like, I know it. I got to say hello to the guy. <laughs> so I was like, hey, what's up, man? You're like, what's up? And you kind of turned away, and I was like, damn, you know, maybe I'm nobody. Maybe you just didn't remember me, you know? And it was like while we're standing there, you were kind of like turning around talking to somebody else. And as I turned back around, I was kind of like, hey, man, what's up? And you, like, handed me this jacket. <laughs> like I was working for the roofing crew or something. It's like, this guy works or he's getting ice or some shit, you know? So I'm standing there. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Whatever, you know? And you like turn around. And then all of a sudden I realized what close proximity we were to the buffet. That's <laughs> so my I, favorite place I, to be. Yeah. So I just kind of figured that maybe that was kind of like putting the feng shui on your head or something. And you, so um, by the way, if you want your jacket back, I got it in my car. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I don't even know whose jacket I gave you. Why did you hand me a jacket that's not your jacket? I don't know. I mean, Maybe it was on a seat I wanted. And it was hot outside, too. Why would somebody have a jacket? I don't know. I gave up all my jackets when I moved to Florida from New York. That was a good thing to do. We know what's funny is me and you were talking to the girls that looked like they were in Motley Crue. Remember the Motley Crue girls? Oh, the two blondes? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. They're, they're kind of sexy. I give them credit. What? Yeah, that was when I first met you. You were going on to their show. Yep, I yep. kept looking at them. I'm like, man, I, I want to be on there. They show. were hot, but they had another chick with them that was kind of a hundred yarder. You know, she like <laughs> she, looked, she looked hot from a hundred yards. I, we call that good from far, but far from good. Yeah, butterface. No, yeah, no that, that is great. But uh, I didn't see her again, so maybe she got lost. Maybe there she's getting go. some surgery done or something. But, uh, maybe, maybe that guy Gwiggy picked her up. <laughs> I, look, that guy, he is the man. Gwiggy, he opened for us. He emceed for us the other night yeah. at the show. And that, watching him operate after the show with those women around there was just literally disturbing. It was great. It made though. you want to vomit? No, it made me want to film it and put it on YouTube. I mean, it's uh, what, like things not to do when talking to girls? You know, he'd be like talking to them and just slowly put his hand on their breasts. While he was talking to them and they would just kind of look at him like, you know, it didn't even bother them. And then he would just like act like he didn't do it. And I'm thinking to myself, that's assault. You know, I'm thinking, you know, and then he's like, that sounds like Quiggy. Yeah. He's like, and the guy and the girls are all up talking to him and he's like making little fake moves. Like he's putting stuff in their drink and stuff and just being, just being scumbaggy. He's, this scumbaggery was awesome. I mean, he was doucheman. He was doucheman major. I loved it, man. I, I followed him around all night. I did. You know what it is? He doesn't know the exact amount of roofies yet to put into a girl's drink. So he tries it out. If they're still standing when he comes back in a half hour, he's like, shit, it was the wrong amount. I got, I got to try it with another girl because I can't have her OD. 
<laughs> what I liked was the amount of desperation on his face the later the night got. <laughs> you know, just that look in his face like, okay, the chick that has the dude haircut that talks like this from New Jersey that pulled her shirt up. I mean, he was actually talking to her for the night was over with. Nice. Quiggy, but, Quiggy, why, why do you talk to the horrendous women? What's the problem? Don't don't give me the face. Get on the on the microphone and tell us why you pick on the ugly, horrendous women and you need to put roofies in their drinks. Speak now or get shot. <laughs> and Ru- 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 roofies anonymous. Have you have you joined? <laughs> what do they send you? Like three pills a month. God, if you so, pe- if you people out there could just see the rapey look he has on his face right now when he said that. Here's what I want to know though: Why, if if you're gonna roofie a girl, why do you roofie the ugly ones? Why don't you just roofie a hot one? They're not gonna remember you. Dude, that's my favorite thing. And dude, you have to you have to walk out of the bar with a hot chick. You're roofing them, so you're you're you would just come off as the friend that got them when they were drunk and passed out, but. When I talk to the hot girls and I walk out with the hot girls, there's a reason behind it. I want all the other girls to think, what is that fat bastard got that he's leaving with that hot girl? <laughs> uh, but then I normally, you know, I guess that they probably do say that. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking dick. Get off my microphone. Why are you on ruin my show? Don't you're not supposed to be smarter than me. Damn it. <laughs> Doug, say something good. I don't know, dude. You do kind of have a big ass. I mean, so. <laughs> I, 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 I resent that remark. I have absolutely no ass. I'm constantly picking up my pants. It's like a Frank that family trait. That is a trip. A big dude with no ass. I mean, dude, where is it? Is it in the front? I mean, dude, where I, you- dude, I have so much mass in the front. I, I, could you imagine how horrible it would be if I had, like, the equal size ass for my belly? It'd be horrible. I'd have to wear sweatpants everywhere. If you rode a motorcycle, man, if you got on real quick, you'd probably pop the front tire. You know, just the, <laughs> just the, just the way you're built. The shape. You know? <laughs> I, I need to get me one of them specialized choppers by OCC or PJD. What's that new one they got with the three wheels? The big stupid looking one, the retarded looking one with the three. With the trike in the front? Yeah. Oh, that's those are crazy dumbest, looking. the uh, Excalibur or something. Yeah. Now, my old man, my father, uh, he, he had a Harley and... He kind of scared the poop out of himself driving on a, on a main highway. So he said, you know what? I'm just going to have this son bitch turned into a trike. So he sent it up to the authorized Harley place in in Canada, and they redid it so it was still all authentic and a Harley and beautiful. Then he drove everywhere. It wow. was great. I was like, Dad, can I drive? And he's like, nope. <laughs> How old is your dad? Uh, my dad is in his early to mid-60s. He's the man. How yeah. I said, I got a Harley. I have a Harley, so yeah. Do you? Which Harley do you have? I have a 90 model Sportster. All right. Now, my father did the, um, was it the Road King? They had, the, was oh, it the yeah. 20 year anniversary edition? No, 100 year, 2003. That's the one that he had turned, I'm not a biker, so that's the one that he had turned into a trike. Oh, that's bad as hell. That's oh, awesome, yeah. yeah. And I never got to drive it. I'm fixing to get, I'm going to get another one too whenever I um, die. Uh, but I'm gonna... <laughs> or accumulate enough cash. Why don't yeah. you get a sugar mama? Yeah. You got the rock star look and, <laughs> and and you got the comedian giggles. You should be able to pick up a sugar mama I, to buy you a Harley. Th- you'd think. What's up with that? I, mean, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I guess because 
I just got out of a relationship in December when I quit drinking. That ended that. But I mean, it's just like at my age now, I've been married two and a half times. So it's whoa, like whoa, whoa, my whoa, wait a minute. What's the half? Uh, twice legally, and I had to buy another bitch a house. I consider that point five. Okay. So, Why'd not, you have to buy her a house? I'm not bitter. Why'd you have to buy the beep just, a house? I just had to do it. You had to do it. Does she have something there that she's taking care of for you? Uh, her neck, her new wedding. Yeah, she's got a new wedding <laughs> stand. Nah, but uh, I'm just, I'm just my tolerance for drama and bullshit is at an all time low after losing everything. You know, I'm 47 years old. I live out of my car. You know, I mean, I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm sober. You know, things are going great. Um, but you know, it's like starting all over, and I'm totally stoked for it. I just can't afford to have somebody in my life making it worse. And that's usually what a split tail does. <laughs> <laughs> you just said up something about how you're how you're sober now. So yeah. your first few years of comedy on the road, you were drinking. Oh, dude. Um, actually, it was funny is I really wasn't a heavy drinker until my uh, my last uh, separation and subsequent divorce from the shit wife. Uh, number two. All right. Um, she um, <laughs> I didn't really I started drinking, you know, around 2002, 2003 and. In no time at all, I was drinking a fifth of tequila a night. Ouch. I never did it with the band because my guitar stuff was so intricate. I always drank afterwards. And then, you know, I was doing Vegas and stuff, and I'd do two, three shows a night and wouldn't remember the third show. And I just, I was way overweight. Um, I've lost 47 pounds since January. Um, you know, I've always, I oh, found them. Uh, yeah, you did. Uh, but I've always Since been last good, Monday. I've always been in good shape, and you know I got myself back in shape, and I I just said I had to quit drinking for my for my career. And now, how's it affected your comedy? It's made it way way better. Um, even my agents, um, even people who are not involved with comedy, you know, have seen me through the years. Have said, you know, you're so much more um, alert, know, attentive. No, nobody knew I was drunk before. I was a, I was a functioning bad alcoholic, but. Nobody really knew how messed up I was, but I would see the tapes and stuff, and I would go, damn, I left that whole part out about the bisexual armadillo. You know what I mean? Or, you know, I let, you know, I'd, I'd know I left stuff out, and now people are saying that my that my jokes are more thought out and they're a lot more smarter. And uh, I've just had a lot of people say my style has changed a lot in the last year. And, and, and I don't really notice it, but I do notice it when I do my stand-up now. It's a lot easier. It's there just, you go. You know, easier to remember it all. I never had a problem remembering. I've never took paper on stage with me ever, but the, my my whole thing was making it look like my whole hour is actually one whole scene. In other words, not jumping all around and doing yeah, you know, talking about you know, it's kind of like it all goes together, you know, like one smooth planned set. No, I'm not smooth at all, but it's one whole. Set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 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 a planned jumbulation of crap. Yeah. That's it. So, what kind of stuff you talk about in your comedy? You you talk about all these. Horrible ex-wives. I already heard about gay armadillos and some other yeah. funky <laughs> sexual thing with an animal. Uh, the gay armadillo is just a hope one day I can write that joke. Um, no, uh, I, I do. I talk a lot about a, a lot of situational stuff with you know with exes and um, you know it, I think my biggest thing with comedy is how I perceive what I see around me, and, and I think that I see things really stupidly, and um, <laughs> and usually when I when I point them out to myself, it's not very humorous. I'll write it down and then I'll say it in front of one of my friends or cause I, I you know, at the level, I, even though I'm nobody at the level I'm at, I don't get to go to writers meetings. I don't hang out when I hang out with other comics. We're all touring together. You know, it's really hard to just sit down with four or five of my friends that are all stand up comics and go, 
hey, man, what do you think about this chick? You know, I mean, it's kind of hard to do that. So, I mean, everybody goes, hey, you know, I go to my open mic. I, I try out new stuff. I have to try out new stuff every night, you know. So right. a, a lot of times it's, you know, I, I'll just see something stupid and write down. I, I, I take chronic notes. You know, I'm always taking those notes everywhere. So you just kind of try out your new stuff while you're doing your regular stuff on stage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and a lot of times I'll – uh. The older comics will tell you they hate it when they see crowd work. Any older comic, they hate comedians doing crowd work. Um, they say it's not true to the, the 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 art because you know when you're doing bigger crowds or Vegas or whatever, it's so it's so formal. You don't have anybody's face to talk to. You're supposed to do your show, do your stuff, get out of there. Um, but a lot of my stuff is taught. You know, I I deal a lot with the people in front of me. If if somebody hits their microphone in front of me like that and I'm doing the set, <laughs> um, I ask them, you know, why they did that. No, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, a lot of my stuff's off the cuff. You know, I do probably 30% of my hour will be, you know, something off the cuff. So improv yeah. it. Yeah, I do. I do. I do some of that. Um, and all the new stuff, if I try, if I do a new joke and it's an, an ad lib or something, I'll remember it and write it and try to write a bit out of it. All right. So over the last four years, who are some of the – bigger comics or maybe some of the people that you grew up admiring in comedy that you've gotten to work with? Um, I, I, I've gotten to work with some cool guys. Um, I worked with uh Bobcat Goldweight a couple of years ago. He's nothing like he was in the eighties. Cool guy. We did shots of tequila afterwards and hung out. Um, opened up for Angel Salazar. He's not real big, but he was in Scarface and Carlito's way. Yes. Uh, Chichi get the yeho. We're <laughs> opened up for him for a couple of times. He, he didn't like me at first. And then, he started including me in his show. I mean, I, I'd feature for him, and then I'd be sitting in the audience watching him. Hey, Ozzy, hey, Ozzy, what to do? What you bit the head off of? He said to me one night, he goes, we were in Myrtle Beach. He goes, hey, Ozzy, what did you bit the head off of? I, you bit the head off of? I said it was a Puerto Rican. You know, and the, I got a laugh in the middle of the show. And I wrote him a couple jokes, too, about being broke and stuff. And he was really nice afterwards. Who else? Uh, I didn't work with him, but I met him. Um, oh, God, the, Jim Brewer. Nice guy, nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I haven't met him. I, I've never heard a negative thing about him. Uh, he likes to drink. <laughs> I know that. That's all right. Uh, yeah. I gained a lot of respect for that guy when um, he took his father oh, who was yeah. sick that's on when I met tour him. with him. That's when I met him. Is it? Yeah, in the RV. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. He did it. He had to take care of his father. I mean, in every imaginable way that you could have to take care of somebody who's sick on the road and do comedy. So it was... You know, I, I had a lot of respect for him, and I liked him as a comedian and an actor before that, but as a person, someone that would take their father on the road while they're doing that, and, you know, kind of, it, it actually helped his father. I think so. And, you know, it, it's a cool thing to do. My uh, father and mother both died of cancer, and I was on the road with Corella DeVille. We were signed. We were, we were traveling the nation, and um, I took, like, uh, well, my dad died on a Tuesday. We were on the road. Sunday, I drove in, and he died on a Tuesday, and... He made me promise not to uh, take any nights off. So um, I can only imagine how tough it was to take your dad, you know, when he's frail, not well, from place to place to place in an RV. Because I travel all the time, and I'm used to it, and I'm in great shape. And it still tires me out. You know, I mean, um, and, and I can just imagine that. Um, See, that's one of the things I can never picture. I mean, I, I lost a mother to cancer. My father is still healthy and alive up in New York, but... I don't think I, I don't know if I can handle. I'm 40 years old. I've only been doing comedy about two years. I think it would be rough to have to start the on road life now. It'd be a hard thing to get used to. I got, I started out, you know, I grew up in foster care, but I started traveling at 16 
And I did eight years, 345 nights a year from 16 to 23. And I think that that gypsy life kind of, um, kind of, you know, made me like it. And when I went back on the road four years ago, full time, it was like going home, but you're right. If you're not used to it, it's very unsettling. I've worked with comics before and, um, who just can't take it, you know, day after day after day. And I, and personally, um, it's, it's real, um, it's freeing to me. It feels real. Uh, I feel, you know, kind of, uh, like a nomad traveling around. You know what? No, it, it feels more to me. It feels more liberating. Kind of like you know, I don't know where you know. What, I know where I'm going, but you don't know what's going to happen next. You know, and I and the part of being sober all the time now that's even cooler, man, because you're aware of everything. It's a big joke. <laughs> it's a big joke I do with remembering stuff I hate it. You know, on stage saying, oh, but in in reality, it's cool to be able to say, hey, you know what? Two nights ago, I had this show, and this chick walked in with his hat. And his, I mean, it was cool to to be able to recall that when before I never could. But, That's, uh, it is good to remember the shows you've done in the past. That is great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. All, all the guys used to say, my band guy said, man, you, you quit drinking, man, because you kept waking up with fat, ugly women. And, you know, that was an issue for a while, but it's even worse when you get so drunk you wake up with a dude. Ooh. That's the worst part. So, Not that it's ever happened. You're lying. <laughs> I think it's happened. I think, I think you woke up with Gwiggy. I think you woke up with Gwiggy yeah. after your show at The Zone. Yeah, he thought, he thought you were female and slipped you a roofie. There you go. I look like it from behind. You know, I do have a, <laughs> I have a very nice uh, dude. I was walking into Family Dollar. This is no joke. Walking into Family Dollar the other day, and as I was walking by, there's two dudes getting out of the car, and I didn't really notice them. And as I got by them, I heard, <sighs> "Dang!" <clears throat> so I turned around looking. I was thinking it was going to be a girl. You know, they were looking at me, and they looked away real quick. And I don't know why I said this, but I was like, "Ah, y'all thought I was a bitch, huh? I've been working out. See this ass, nice ass. Call me." <laughs> I, I literally said that, dude, they didn't even go in the store, man. They thought I was a chick. Nice. It was funny, man. You know, I, I, I can only, I don't even know, dude. I haven't been able to ever grow long hair. I don't have a nice ass, but I, I mean, I, I went with the no hair look because the top was gone. If I, if I even started to attempt it to let it grow long, it went curly Q right away. I don't think I was ever destined to be the cool fat guy with long hair. Is that going to be a problem in our friendship? Uh, I mean, that I'm going to be jealous. I'll be jealous of your hair. Well, look, you have this cool radio show, an unbelievable disposition. I am jealous of you. (laughs) I mean, you you should be, man. I am fat, 40, and fucking fabulous. That four F's. Win, 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 win. (laughs) I I put that right across all my match.com stuff. I'm like, I'm fat, 40, fucking fabulous, and I'm funny. We got to talk about this thing. Match.com. Yeah, that's where you meet girls and, you know. Have sex and stuff. It's a cool place to go. So you're telling me a magnificent creature like yourself is not married with kids? Oh, no, 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 no. Not married, no kids. Maybe one day, probably not. Who knows? How old are you? 40. No, you're done. (laughs) 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 No, I'm I'm 47, dude. You can can have them them anytime, man. I I got an uncle who didn't even start uh, until his late 40s having kids. Wow. He had been married, I think. I think he's on his second wife, second wife, but uh, he didn't have kids. I don't know, man. I think it would be cool to have a little fat, couple of fat Davies running around. Little crib midgets. <laughs> Look, dude, it's not always cool. To, you know, I'm a very proud father. My son, what's his name, is almost 20, <laughs> and he's going to school to be a Fokker, a male nurse. Is that what they're called, Fockers? Well, yeah. Is that ever since the TV show? Uh, I guess. Look, I, two years ago, a Father's Day was kind of strange. He came over. He said, okay, I have an announcement. Oh. 
I'm going to like nerthing. That? I'm going to nerthing school. <laughs> I thought he wanted to borrow my Harley, and I was like, Jesus. All he ever wanted to borrow is my leather chaps. It was awkward. But, do, um, do you have leather assless chaps so Gluggy can enjoy them? See, we're back to my ass again. I I do have quite a supple ass. I do. Did did the blonde girls? And by the way, disclaimer: I was kidding about my son. My son is not gay, even though if he was, I would still accept him. Do you know his kidding. name though? Because his name is him. Tyler. He is going to school for nursing. He's an A student. He doesn't speak to me because I make jokes. But <laughs> I do love him very much, and he is going to be a fucker. Yes. Congratulations, you fucker. I can't date nurse girls. Every time I date nurses, they always seem to get comfortable. And after like the third or fourth date, you're hanging out with them. Like, yeah, I went to work today and I had my arm all the way up this guy's ass to my elbow. He had a squirrel in there and I had to pull it through his lung. And, you know, you're like, you know, and they just seem to get comfortable (laughs) with telling you about yanking stuff out of people's orifices and stuff. Oh, man. Speaking of stuff up people's asses. We we have the ass entertainment master Gwiggy who loves to let squirrels and gerbils run around in his ass. I got a question. Does this floor have a weight Shit, limit? Does this thing even work? Am I on? You're on. You can hear me? I can hear you. Oh, I okay. can hear you. Give me the other headphones. This one's not working. What? Why do you no. need headphones? I'm sitting next to you. I know, but I like to hear you in my ears with headphones on rather than just like audibly next to you. This is the part this where we're, the we're, part we're in my mind I'm going blah, 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 hearing in headphones. Don't overtalk me when I'm going blah, 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 Dave, a couple more double A batteries to, to change the shit out or something. <laughs> I, I'm pretty big. We might have to go with double Ds. Yeah. That's what I always go double with. Double Ds, like my tippies. So we were talking about uh, what we were talking about. We were talking about that I successfully dated on Match.com. And then we had your son in there. And then Gwiggy decided to show up on the show. Well, you, you kept bringing up my name. So, of course, I'm going to show up on the damn show, bitches. <laughs> I need some kind of intelligence. Are you on Match? Here. Yeah, thank you. Are you on Match.com, Gwig? No, I'm not on Match.com. Are you on I, uh, I go out Plenty and, of Fish? I go out and drink in front of bars where women strip naked sometimes. I've seen your I've seen your, yeah. your work. Yeah, it's very I have. Nice. I've seen your work. You've I seen his I, lack I flirt of experience. with people in real life rather than just on the internet. So Yeah, but here's the difference. The, the real life women you flirt with leave with other people or by themselves. Not always. Most of the time. Uh, gotta Nin- work it, 95% really. of the time, would you agree with me? No. You're a fucking like, liar. That's way too high of an estimate. See, I'm, I'm giving you credit that I'm thinking 5% of the girls you talk to, you can actually get laid. No, man. I, 5%? More than that. That's dude. not You bad. think it's more than 5 More than 5%. Yeah. I doubt you. If you're a girl yeah. and you think Gwiggy could get laid with more than 5% of the women that he's ever spoken to, call 727-493-2055. I, I speak to a lot of women. And, so you, could date, and you could date him. You could even date him. <laughs> this is hilarious. I man. won't pay for the date. Well, actually, I will. Cause I, he's, oh, really? He, he's, so, all, he's only worth like a fucking McDonald's drive through meal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Free fries on Dave. Let's do this. <laughs> Call us here at 727, whatever the fucking number is, 493-2055 if you'd like Dave to get us a fun-sized fry that we can split and share together. Yes. No, none, of that, none of that Chick-fil-A. That's too expensive. And we have coupons for Chick-fil-A too, don't we? Yeah, but aren't they only good at the Palm Harbor one? Do I, I have to drive to Palm Harbor? It's like right down the road from here. I don't know. Yeah, man. but Fuck I live it. like 10 minutes from here the other direction. If I want to... Yeah. It cost me as much in gas to go to for those. I could just drive and buy one down the road from my house. True. So. Chick-fil-A is good. You like Chick-fil-A? I love Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is good. I have nothing good. against gay people either, but I like Chick-fil-A. There you go. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, I don't, they ain't gay, but they make some good fucking You know what's chicken. weird, dude? And I just thought about this, and it's not a bit or anything. I went to Chick-fil-A. Uh, I did a show in Boca. 
And I was coming back from Boca, and I stopped at a Chick-fil-A, and we were joking, me and the other comedian, we're jo- the comedian's from Orlando, and we're like, man, these people hate gay people, so we shouldn't be eating here, you know, it's not cool and everything. We get to the wing- window, and I, the guy opens the window, and the guy goes, Jesus Christ, that hair is beautiful on you. <laughs> and I said, thanks, man. And uh, so he said, do you guys love nanas with us? And I was like, this guy is, and I have nothing against that, but it, why would a gay guy work at Chick-fil-A? <laughs> uh he, he, he wants might have, money. He might have been one of those like reconditioned uh, ones or something like that. He's on the way back church things or something. One of those. Well, I'm gonna tell you what he unless they he needs some work. He like needs that. he needs some more work because he's probably just a really bad undercover gay person who's like trying to infiltrate. Well, really? I don't think know? that they're really anti-gay. I just don't think that they agree. They they believe they, in they it. don't think that do do what you want. They're still but, under the don't ask don't tell policy. Yeah, don't ask don't tell cuz <laughs> if nobody asked them they wouldn't have been talking about the fact that they're not for gay marriage. But hey, whatever. I, it's funny the day after the gay marriage thing and they had their whole uh everybody you said went hole. <laughs> <laughs> After All gay the, marriage they had their whole they had their whole <laughs> <laughs> And I was in the back. I'm sorry, but, but they had all the people that went up with the uh, with their signs to mm-hmm. you know protest, and that was the busiest friggin' day they ever had. What did all the well, protesters had, go in other, and get to eat? They had their other like you know Chick Fil A Appreciation Day. Come get fat and hate gay people. You know, plus oh. uh, plus all that protesting and stuff makes you hungry. So exactly. they went right yeah. inside. Yeah. Waffle fries. I'll just take the waffle fries. But no, I went I went through the drive through like two day two days later because I loved their chicken burrito breakfast thing you love their everything i'm sure yeah, you do. yeah but i really like that that's my favorite <laughs> thing that chick-fil-a has is i'll tell you how to order it you get the spicy chicken burrito oh. tell them to take take out their regular cheese and replace it with pepper jack cheese it's fucking awesome trust the fat guy he knows my ass yeah. just jiggled just hearing that <laughs> J- jiggling assies i got gig Gwiggy over here yeah see, see i go i get a chick-fil-a to hit on like the christian chicks who don't do it before marriage so i can fuck them in the ass in the men's room oh you are i just love oh, you this, i'm that, the biggest man. fan of you Gwiggy. i'm not i'm serious man i, I want to have a Gwiggy fan site just because he is getting so Gwiggy with it. Getting with it really, uh, and the Christian <laughs> girls, by the way, the Christian girls do not do it like that. That's the grossest thing I've ever heard. They let you jack off yeah. on their feet. That's you're what you're not they talking do. to the right Christian girls, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, that's the Greek girls that do. Wait a minute. Yeah. What's, <laughs> what's the one in the ass you just said? Because that was just like the that's Middle Eastern girls, isn't it? I think so. Something like that, Greek or something. You've like got that. all your anal sex things mixed up, dude. It doesn't matter. It all happens. So that's all I worry about. I'm like, all right, we're in the men's room. Does it? See, I don't look. I don't look at like you know You're in the stereotype or, or races. You know, I don't get racist when we're getting it on in the men's room. It's all good. I've heard yeah. of head have no face, but I didn't know anal sex. Ha- I guess anal sex has no face. Either. I, I guess, uh, but you know, you can't be racial. You know, when you get in, the girls going, "Shoo, you stupid." I mean, so you kind of know what that is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> listen, I am an equal opportunity banger. You know, mm-hmm. who the fuck am you I? Should be. Who am I to turn down any lady fat? skinny I, I i figure if you're 45 and under and you're interested in me i'm down for it let me tell you what a guy who's, who's <laughs> a guy who is as coordinated as you are and everything you should you'd be thinking about mooses too i mean it's, <laughs> you know, 
I do pretty good, man. I do pretty good. Do you realize you've knocked over and hit pretty much everything in the studio since we sat down? Yes, here? I am like a bull in a china <laughs> I'm like shop. the only thing you have not damaged since we've sat down because that, I'm that's three you feet got away that, from you. That's because you got that badass hard rock <laughs> look to you. I'm afraid you might knife me or no, something. No, dude. Just look at his tablet. Like You're on the list. It's just your way down at the bottom. He's got a few more things to hit before he can get to you. Yes. <laughs> so. He's not even really asking me any questions. He's like, go ahead. Just go ahead. Well, did you want me to ask you an official question? I think that's an official question. I think that's an official question. So what's the answer? <laughs> the answer to that is yes. I don't know. No, I thought this is good. An official question. You're good. Uh, Gwiggy, can you come <laughs> up with one? What the hell have you been talking to him about the whole time? We've just uh, been shooting in the breeze. The shit, yeah. Yeah. You talked we, about TV, right? Yep. We talked about his TV. We talked about his imaginary gay son that's not gay, no, that not is going to be a fawker. He's, a, he's pissed now. Yes. Uh, we, we talked about how you were randomly putting roofies in girls' drinks and trying to get laid at the zone that's the other important. night. Faking it. That was his dance. He went on the dance floor and did the <laughs> roofie in the glass dance. <laughs> it was really cool. Very this nice. is my special drink. Ooh, what lady would like to mm-hmm. drink this drink? He was drink. up there dancing with this little chick going, fat guy dance. With a little, little girl. girl, it was a trail. I was like, "What is he?" he pop- I could picture you really singing that. <laughs> I could do. I know the face. The face I did. Uh, was he? Was he wearing his coat, or was it his coat that I handed you earlier in the night? No, that was a that was a pool cover that you handed. You handed him a pool cover. <laughs> what the hell were you doing handing him a pool cover? No, you think I, you... We don't know whose jacket it was. Yeah. I don't know. I handed him somebody's jacket. Nobody, nobody was nice to me because they all thought I was in the roofing crew. The way I was dressed, they all thought I was like painting the street or something. Nice. And here he is, Doug Canny. Hey, no one. I'm not, yeah, I'm like worse oh, than the man. roofer. <laughs> I'm, who the, I'm who the roofer calls for like rolling papers and shit. What, what, what do you talk? Does he call you for rolling papers? No, nah, I'm just kidding. I did have. Dude, a, look, you got your own official website. It's got you taking a crap on a toilet right in the front page. Yeah, that is that's high times. That that's is awesome. Yeah. And that's then real got, too. My ass is real. That's my real ass. That's, that's good. That's not like CGI. No stunt ass. Not a CGI. No, that's me. <laughs> and that's that's right there. It was Middle Street in Newburn. It was uh, my my agent was having lunch nice. with me. He came up there as a toilet. He goes, you know what? He said, if you were a real comedian, you get on that, sit right on that thing, and pull your ass out and do it. And I did it. I got out of the car, did it, and the camera didn't work. We had to go around the block and do it again. <laughs> and we did it. And now, and there's another did you, one. Did too. you have to sit there taking a shit while they were waiting to get the camera working right, or what? I I don't. I didn't actually duke. <laughs> I just kind of sat. It was you know just special effects. So it was yeah. just like a random toilet along the street somewhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you don't know how many random asses have been in there before. Do you know where this ass has been? Listen, it really I'm doesn't not, matter. Uh, oh yeah, man, that's. I, mean, bad. I was on the road with a yeah. band for 25 years, dude. That's bad. So there's, there's shit that's scared of me. I mean, ooh. there's. Yeah. Now, are you talking about this, the outside of your ass or the shit that you stuck in your ass? Because that's pretty fucking no, scary. Actually, actually, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I don't prescribe to that type of geography, but um, I've met others that do. And I, you know, what's funny is when I went out with those two Motley Crue girls, I actually, the, one of the first thing I had to say to her is nothing in the ass. Because when you have to say that on a first date, it pretty much sets the tone for the rest of the evening. Oh, yeah, I've been on those dates. And another thing, nice. do not go to a strip club with two hot chicks. That's stupid. Why? Do not do that. It's kind of like going to Red Lobster with the crew of the deadliest catch. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like getting a house built by a carpenter and your best friend being a carpenter and him coming over after the house to do walking th- around going, this is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it just, you know, and the, and the chicks on the, the, the stripper chicks are all kind of like looking at me and them. And then the girls I'm with are all kind of dancing like strippers. So it's like just 
sensory overload. There's just vulva and estrogen and boobies and spitting ass see, everywhere. So you just got to get the right chicks there, man. Because usually, like, yeah. like if, if if you usually bring a woman to a strip club and they're into it, like the the dancers are all over them. I brought time. last time I went to a strip club. It was actually about a year ago. And it was after the Cholesterols of Comedy show. Really? You're going to bring <laughs> that shit up That's again? hilarious. Yes. It, it, it's a <laughs> real show. That's funny as hell, dude. We're having another one on October 12th. But I had invited a whole bunch of my lesbian friends to the show. Not around with a little bingo. Oh, absolutely not. And they were like, oh, Dave, we want to go to, I don't know whether it was Oz or wherever. They, they wanted to go to strip joints. So I'm like. Uh yeah, I'm going with lesbians to strip joints. Hell and, yeah, Hells, yeah and they're all rubbing on my nipples. And these and these are like good looking lesbian women. That fucking drop dead, gorgeous lesbian women. Again, I have no clue why they're hanging out with me. But it made like the other girls were just like, what, what, what's going on over there with this guy? Let me go over and pay this guy some attention. <sighs> I didn't give no fucking money, but they gave me some attention. That's not true. Mm-hmm. I did give one girl. She gave me a great lap dance. It was like like a stairway to heaven long lap dance. Well, I, I didn't have a such a good bucks. time. That one chick that was with the owner from the other thing, she grabbed my butthole. And I don't mean like joking around. I mean, she grabbed the f- doorknob of the, my butthole. The older one nice. or the younger one? The 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 pinker one. I don't know which one to say because I'm scared to say it on the air. <laughs> the, one, the one, the other one. Not the owner, the other one. The owner of, I don't know what they own, but they wrote good looking blondes. Well, it was the one that is like six foot 13, the big tall one. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And look, she literally, I've, you know, I've had one or two women touch my junk before. It's the first time I ever had a woman touch my junk and it actually frightened me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was trying to tell me how she could massage my sphincter and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't know how we got from I'm performing here to you massaging my sphincter. And I actually had to tell her, I, this ain't happening. And then she, of course, had to tell me every little idiosyncrasy she had about sex, so I knew I wasn't going to have sex with her. They start talking all that stuff, you ain't, you ain't nailing them. Pretty much, yeah. Sorry about your damn luck, sir. Well, it you happens. go for it, Dan. You go for no, it. No, 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 no. This chick was, mm, she was something else. The one, I, I, the one of them is very attractive, very tall. She interviewed me on the red carpet. The both of them, they did. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, got, I got. I told them I got chubbed. They were like, "What's the best part of the night?" I'm like, "This part right here, I'm getting chubbed just <laughs> hanging out with you, broads." Mm-hmm. I like chub. I do too. That one, that one, uh, that one limb girl. She, mm, she looks like she knows what to do with some semen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of semen, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Wiggy, how you doing? I said that on a show. The other, I said that on a show the other night, and they were like, "Shh, don't say that." <laughs> I said, don't say semen. You just said the F word six times, and I can't say semen. I would like to put semen on a hot dog. Hey, my <laughs> brother lives on a road called Semen Road. I know a guy back in New Bern named uh, Jimmy Siemens. Nice. Nice. I was hoping his dad was named Richard, and he said it was. <laughs> did not. And that's no joke. I mean, that's nice. what I thought it was. So, you know, we're coming to the end of the show here, actually, guys. we got another five, maybe ten minutes. That's where we uh, plug shit we get going on. Let's plug a little shit. I mean, I know I got right. the cholesterols of comedy at Jack's <laughs> Joint slash Coconuts. Mm-hmm. Come on out. Prick us that? a little bit. We'll fucking bleed cheese or something. I don't know. We're pretty out of shape. Yes, and we'll on every table there will be a heart jump machine mm-hmm. in case any of the comics do too well and have a heart attack. We can defibrillate defibrillator. What, what date is that show? It's October 12th. It's a Friday. Awesome. My my mm-hmm. show, I'm headlining Coconuts the 9th and 10th of November. Nice. 
Nice. So. It's funny because when they were setting up the show, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who does it, we will say his name is JT. He sets up the show and he goes, Dave, you're going to headline this time. I'm like, dude, <laughs> don't put my fucking name on the poster as a headliner. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? And Why not? Goes, well, because I got like 12 minutes to 15 minutes worth of material. There's two people there that could do half hour to hour shows. It's insulting to them to call me. A headliner. Everybody knows I'm really not a headliner. I don't want to be projected out as something I'm not. You could put me on last. Let, me, let me ask you something, man. I'm not when a you headliner. Gonna, when are you going to take that step? The, the, I was told this when I started headlining about four years ago. It's like you got to take the step eventually. Write this stuff. Get up there. Do it. Kick ass. Have faith in yourself. I got faith in you. Do it. When I have more time to write the stuff. Like, I, I honestly, I work. 50, 50 something hours a week. Then I, I spend a lot of time obtaining people to come onto the show. Um, you know, fortunately you're here locally, but I got to track down people from around the country. There's times I get lucky and I'll, I'll hook up with a great management company and they have a few good comedians oh, that yeah. I can go through. But mm-hmm. other than that, I'm plugging away probably a good eight hours a week emailing and having conversations with comedians to see if I want them on the show, they want to be on the show, all sorts of stuff. So, by the way, thank you very much for having me on your show. This is, like I said to begin with, this is a really cool show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I looked it up when I, after after you were such a dick to me. I looked up, the, <laughs> I looked up the show, and I was like, "What is this mm-hmm. fat bitch up to?" And I was like, "Wow, he's really somebody." Yeah. So it's I okay. It's not, okay to be snubbed I by Dave Frank. I should not call him a fat bitch on his show. Check so. in if you have been snubbed by Dave. Call 727-493-2055. Actually, I think it's appreciated and probably common courtesy on the Let's Be Frank show to just call him a fat bitch. It's yes. Cool. No, I mean, the, the whole logo has a picture of me, and it says Fat Davey right on it. I got an email before. I, I did a little uh, Facebook blast before I got here, and I got an email from two people going, you really think it's polite for a guy who is having you on his show? To call him Fat Dave, I said he is a fat bitch. Look at him. <laughs> and then I wrote back to him, "Just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's not. He's cool. All that, you know, of course." But um, I got some sensitive people yeah, on. Me. I, I have a Twitter account too. If somebody get on my Twitter stuff, because I'm I, when I'm in New Orleans, they like actually send all my Twitter people stuff for free. Nice. So what's your Twitter? My Twitter is it's it's a little hard to remember. It's Doug Canny. Why don't you spell them how to spell Canny? C-A-N-N-E-Y, Doug Canny on Twitter. And um, hit me up. And when I get to New Orleans, everybody gets a free something. Some free beads for boobs? Something. I, you know, that's a really good point to be made. Yeah. I did not know that. I'm doing the same. I'm doing uh, beads of people. Yeah. That that little place, (laughs) that place I'm doing is really, really neat. It's right right in the heart of New Orleans. So I'm hoping that after the show, maybe I can get mugged. Nice. Sweet. It happens. Hey man, you know if mugging is your dream, I think Wiggy will mug you when you when he leaves. Wiggy's a mugger. He's a mugger. He got roofies. He got the biggest boobs in the place. (laughs) We we go to meetings. We we have t-shirts. You know, say I rape. When you were feeling that girl's boob the other night, when she was telling you it was okay to do it, you had this look with your face like the Grinch, like one side up, you know. And I remember looking at him, I was thinking to myself, "This guy is my hero." You you have to ask for permission. You You have to get actual confirmed permission, so that way you don't get sued. She said, "Go ahead and do it." Then you did it. She goes, "You're doing it too long. You're making it awkward." (laughs) He he said, (laughs) "He goes, you didn't give me a time limit." (laughs) So he just stood there and held the boob. Were you grabbing Cassie? Cassie, Cassie, gorgeous. Oh, the bar 
Yeah. yeah. High five. <laughs> Fuck you, bastard. I don't want to touch it. Here's, here's, here's the, the hand that touched Here's the worst part. I, I've made friends with like one of the hottest bartenders there. I mean, a hot, beautiful girl oh, yeah, yeah. who has a freaking boyfriend yeah. who she's into. Yeah, I usually get the up. trollops, you know, the ones that are not into their boyfriend, and they <laughs> then they they have some, they exercise some bad judgment, and I capitalize. This chick's like cool, man. She's like real nice, and her boyfriend's in a band, and we've been hanging out. But I'm like in the friend zone. Yeah. I think every time I've ever gotten laid, there's been a case of bad judgment. They, it, with me, it has to be. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the problem. You should have stuck around that night and and. Stop the whole not drinking alcohol thing because we got wasted after you left. Man. Great, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks very much. I just stick with my nothing. <laughs> stick with my three hours of workout a day. It's all good. You working out three hours a day? Three hours a day. I uh, ride a bike two hours, run, and then um, do. I've been in martial arts all my life, so I do. Nice. Isometrics and stuff. Oh, that's the other reason I'm being nice to you. You're able to kick my ass. I forgot. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Listen, you know, we we were on the double special show. Yep. And we were there, and Tiffany Barbie was in there. Yep. Tiffany Barbie, what is she, she got more black belts than I do. She, I she's mean, got a she's a fifth degree in taekwondo. I, I'm a short and I ask her to kick my ass and she won't. I, she's I, funny. I, she's actually really cool. When I met she's her, cool as shit. she was. I think. I think. I. She just didn't know me very well, so she didn't know if I was like a. Because I know a lot of guys probably talk junk to her. She didn't know what I was about, so I was real polite, like oh, I'm a southern gentleman, and we were all talking and joking around and everything. And she finally loosened up and. We were kind of like joking back and forth on the air, and they kept saying, you guys quit talking. And we were like, we weren't. We were just kind of joking about karate and stuff. And it was like we weren't having a moment at all, but they made it look like that. So, And I was like, I was like, damn. But, yeah, she's uh, she's pretty high up there. I think um, I think once you get past second or third degree, because mine, uh, what I'm in, Sean Rue, is a little different from that. Once you get past second or third degree, I think you get some Bushido promotions, which means uh, honorary promotions for doing like uh, – Really, I, good I thought stuff. he said pursuit. I, I was getting hungry. Pursuit, yeah, pursuit. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they hold you not down. Italian, on you. Not Italian bacon. It's oh, okay. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> but would you like to put an Italian bacon on her? I mean, no, <laughs> no, I would not. You know what? If by any chance Tiffany Barbie wanted to have anything to do with me, I would not want to change the flavor at all. <laughs> Absolutely not, <laughs> Tiffany. I love you. So, I, like I said, I just met her. She's uh, she's headlining. She's got a headlining uh, gig now. She's at um. I can't remember where it's at, but she's uh, Snappers. She's, she's going to be at Snappers. I don't know. Is she headlining or oh. is she featuring? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I I whenever anybody tells me they're performing, I figure they're headlining. So there you I mean, go. She nice. gives she gives Bob the goo goo eyes. He will let her do whatever. Bob she is wants. a re- he came to my show. He's a really cool guy, man. I like yeah. Bob. He I had emailed him a couple times, and he said to me, he said he said, you know, the reason I liked you is because you didn't pester me all the time. I said, dude, I'm on the road full time. It's kind of hard to pester anybody, yeah. and so I just blind stupid luck. He liked me, so he came out and watched the show, and and he said it was okay. So I mean, he said he- yeah, Bob is big. Bob is a great guy up at Snappers. He's given me some of the best opportunities I've had with a club. He's the first guy I've actually gotten. Pay- I mean, I've been paid to do comedy, but to say you gotten paid by an actual real comedy club that he was the first yep. guy to pay me in a real comedy club to. MC for a weekend, which was nice. They actually rate comedians nationally, APA and all the um a lot of the big bookers they rate comedians and you go from A to D. 
Mm-hmm. And D level is like guys who do bars and restaurants mostly, some comedy clubs, no TV. And then C level is like Comedy Central TV, stuff like that. You, B level is either top comics coming down or other comics going up. B level is a really weird level. And A level, you know who A level is. Yeah, Fox, Worley, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I was rated D level two years ago. So I was like, yeah, I got a D. But um, yeah. <laughs> I'm you, not even on the rating chart yet. Well, so. I mean, what, what I was saying was, is when you when they start to rate you and see what kind of comic you are, those A level, those A rooms. Mm hmm. Even if you've just featured in them and stuff like that, it's really important to have it on your on your resume. Because I've had a lot of clubs book me and we're going to book me to say you're funny as hell. You got the credit, but you know what clubs you've been? You can say, well, I've been in this club, this club, I've headlined here, because they really, especially the stuff like after I did New York City, after I did Gotham and New York City Comedy Strip, it's like things changed overnight. It's like when I got back to North Carolina, I had like eight messages: we want you to headline here, we want you in Paducah, Kentucky, Damn. and. So, I mean, things change a lot, but you're right, man. He he did you a big solid. Plus, I heard you were funny anyway. I heard you did good. I I do do good. Uh, I mean, everybody's had a shitty show, but one of the reasons why I think I kind of do good in comedy is I tell fat jokes. I don't tell jokes to take a lot of thought. Everybody knows a fat guy is a fat guy, used to be a fat guy, whatever it is. I I say I don't really tell smart jokes. There's no thought behind them. They're pretty easy. Let me tell you a story about Larry. You know Larry? Larry Green. Everybody knows Larry. Let me tell you a quick story about Larry. Larry's got the first stage I was ever on. He's never paid me, but he was the first person to ever let me get on stage. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting paid. (laughs) So you think. (laughs) Bullshit. Let me tell you a story about Larry. When I I, I went there the other night, and he said, hey, come up and do a guest set. And I said, okay. So I went over there and. He said, "Man, I can't wait to do your show." I was like, "Great, man." He said, "Yeah, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get you know some of the um, some of the construction people and trailer park people and you know some of the some of the guys <laughs> who you know are, are you know real you know lower class that maybe we can get them out here to come see your show." <laughs> and at first I thought he was kidding, and then he's looking at me going, and I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> I like his perception of me already." Yes. Anyway, okay. well, now, now he's been doing comedy or putting on comedy shows for close to twenty years now. Yeah, somewhere around there. He's he had a couple, a couple of different places. rooms. He had, and now he's got he, that other room too, right? Uh, I think the person that he was originally partners with owns that room. I don't think they have. I think they're separated. I know the Bob. two rooms. Yeah. I know Bob. But yeah. uh, Bob Shoemaker, Shoemaker yeah. and Larry had a whole bunch of rooms uh, throughout the country, Hawaii, all mm-hmm. sorts of places uh, when the heyday was. Coco- so Coconuts at one point was one of the really large clubs. And, you know, I think they have three clubs in total still now, all in Florida. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he's got another room, too. He's uh, just starting. Um, Larry told – and I don't know if I should be saying it or not, but I'm going to. He, uh, I don't know the name of it, but it's somewhere like an hour out of town. He's just now opening it up. He asked me possibly to do the opening night, to headline the opening night. Cool. I don't know where it is. So That's good. Hey, man. I'm a More whore. Comedy. I'm a so whore. No, I need just drive an hour out there of town. We'll be right there and be like, all right, I'll just wait until Doug gets here. Well, hey, listen, <laughs> you're not in Vegas. You don't have to worry about being killed because you drove an hour out into the desert. That's right. That's you right. Know, it's a safe time with Larry. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I hoping think- I get the if, if I if I get the tape the TV thing. If the TV thing goes real well, it'll it'll make a big difference for us nice. down here. All right. Well, listen, Doug. I want to thank you for coming in. We are down thank to you. the last minute of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I'm just going to give a quick shout-out uh, for the Cholesterols of Comedy on October 12th. Where are you going to be in the next couple of days? Uh, I'll be in uh, Palatka Wednesday night at the Beef O'Brady's and uh, Coconuts uh, the 9th and 10th of November. And that's it. Tell them where your website is. Uh, com, or find me on Facebook or Twitter at Doug Canny. That is a rough one. Quiggy? Uh, Wednesday night, emceeing at The Zone. 
Uh, Mike Harvey's performing the Comedy Hypnotist. Nice. And then Friday night, I'm at Kicking Wings MCing for the uh, Ladies' Night of Comedy. Last time I saw Mike Harvey, I asked him if he would hypnotize me to stop eating fucking double cheeseburgers, and he said he didn't think it could work. <laughs> never worked, yeah. <laughs> he says, I don't think I could do that, Dave. I'm not that. I yeah, cannot yeah. harness that much power. That's funny. <laughs> Might need a little bottomy to get rid of that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Listen, thank you for tuning in. Next week, we're going to have Chad Daniels on the air, and... Uh, Sorry about your damn luck. If you missed this show, catch us on Stitcher and iTunes. Peace out, people. Thanks for listening in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com. If you missed this show or would like to catch up on past shows, visit us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's podcast. And have a great night. We'll see you next week. What was that? I'll tell you what that was. That was another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com, where we put the .com in 